0: Hello listeners, Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome to UFOs Above Canada, a nighttime podcast series exploring the people, the events, and the concepts that surround the Canadian UFO experience. If you have a personal story to share, or would like to discuss this topic, join the discussion on the UFOs Above Canada Facebook group. Welcome back to UFOs Above Canada an ongoing nighttime series focusing on the fascinating but deeply misunderstood phenomenon that, like it or not, is hovering right above your head. If you're new to this series, I'd like to know what kind of lunatic starts with Part 4, but who am I to judge? I'll get you up to speed. We started by defining our topic in Part 1 and asking the Canadian UFO writer, MJ Benias, the question, what is a UFO? Then, in part two, we cleared the air of unnecessary distractions by asking the Canadian UFO archivist, Chris Rutkowski, what isn't a UFO? Then, after laying a sort of foundation in these two episodes, we next heard a sort of revolving door of opinion in part three by asking a series of my friends and UFO family the question, why should we care about the UFOs? And now, here we are. Hopefully by now I've gained most of your agreement that something fascinating is happening in the skies above Canada. Admittedly, it may not be as dramatic as what we see in the movies, but there is mystery up there. And like many of our guests explained in part three, there are plenty of good reasons to care about the phenomenon and to encourage an interest in ufology. So with that warm and comforting breeze of your belief at my back, I began plans for the next episode in this series. When considering the next topic to cover, I turned to the UFOs Above Canada Facebook group and asked the group members for recommendations. As I took note of the many great ideas they shared, I noticed something else that caught my attention. Within the span of a few minutes, two people from opposite ends of Canada published posts to the group in which they shared details of their recent UFO sightings. The the two reports were different in nearly every way but they both had one thing in common. Each of these people ended their posts by asking for help identifying what they may have seen and looking for advice on where to turn next. Now after seeing these posts, the next step was obvious. In part four of UFOs above Canada, I would share a sort of crash course in how and to whom the UFOs above Canada could be reported. With that as my goal, I got to work and almost immediately things got interesting. Just as I began planning this episode, the gods of podcasting appeared to have come to some sort of agreement with whomever controls the strange objects in the sky, and together they saw to it that I'd get a personal crash course in UFO reporting. In this episode, I'll share the story of my 5-year-old son Dominic's recent UFO sighting, our experience reporting it, and the findings of the investigation that followed.
1: late great astrophysicist Stephen Hawking believed with more than 100 billion stars in our galaxy, the odds are pretty good that aliens exist, and he's not alone. Every day, people across Canada report seeing a UFO, and while most can be identified, some things just can't be explained.
0: The afternoon of Wednesday, August 15th began like many others, except for one pleasant exception. When I returned home from work that day, my wife informed me that my 5-year-old son Dominic, despite being the best boy in Canada, was exceptionally well-behaved that day. As such, I felt it appropriate to reward him with something special for supper. When I presented Dom with a list of places to choose between, his decision was chicken nuggets and ice cream from our local dairy queen, a decision more fateful than we ever would have imagined. After several minutes of installing shoes on kids and negotiating with straps on car seats, we were on our way peacefully enough, at least until our world was turned upside down by a sudden outburst from the back seat. It happened in the Bears Lake area of Halifax. Just as we were driving past a barren field containing little more than a large television transmission antenna, my five-year-old son began shouting from the back seat, frantically exclaiming that there was a UFO in the sky near the antenna tower. As soon as it was safe, which was a matter of seconds, I pulled the car over, but to my disappointment, by the time I got a look, there was nothing to be seen. Just an empty sky, tinted orange from the setting sun, and obscured by only a few clouds, the large antenna, and the various cables used to anchor it to the field that expands from its base. Initially I suspect that my son simply witnessed a trick of light being played between the setting sun and the glass he was looking through, but he had a different opinion. As we continued on to Dairy Queen, and while he enjoyed his nuggets and ice cream, he excitedly spoke of the strange thing he saw in the sky, and the more he talked, the more I believed he saw something special. Now, before I go into it much further, it's important to note a few things here. First of all, for my son to use his mouth for anything except eating when he has ice cream in front of him, it has to be truly important. And secondly, Dominic has always been a devoted skeptic, having long been convinced by his mother that UFOs aren't real. But whatever it was he saw in the sky near the antenna that day changed his mind about UFOs and was at least as important as a Sunday. And that's saying something. Now getting back to the topic of this episode, since I'd been planning to produce an episode in the UFOs Above Canada series discussing the reporting of civilian witnessed UFO events, I thought I'd be a hypocrite to not document and report what my son Dominic saw in the sky. So once we got home from supper, I took out my recorder and asked Dominic again to recount what he saw. you
1: can't believe this, something mysterious happened.
0: What, what fu- happened? What'd you see?
1: I thought I saw the moon, but it was going so fast. Then it just disappeared. What? Yes.
0: So say. It. So what did you see?
1: So it was the moon going fast, circling, and then it just disappeared.
0: What do you think it could have been?
1: Alien spaceship. Alien spaceship. Alien spaceship.
0: Really? What else could it have been? Do you think it was the moon?
1: Uh, nope, it can't be the moon.
0: And where was it? Point.
1: Um, we were driving to Dairy Queen. But where
0: at in the sky was it? Point where you saw it.
1: Uh, I can't point, it's too far away.
0: Okay, and so you looked there and it was a, looked like the moon, but what do you mean it was spinning?
1: It was going like... oh, like, it, like that.
0: And then what happened to it?
1: It just disappeared. You couldn't even see it.
0: Is this your first sighting? Yes. So you used to not believe in UFOs and aliens. What do you think now?
1: I believe in them. I believe in them. I believe in them.
0: Two hours after receiving my boy's impassioned testimony, I did what every responsible UFO witness's father does and folded open my laptop and began the steps required to report the event. Here in Canada, there are multiple organizations willing to receive UFO reports. To start with the official channels, people may be surprised to hear that the Government of Canada accepts and receives many UFO reports. Although the Canadian government hasn't officially investigated UFO activity for some time, Transport Canada offers several methods to report situations or events that may affect aviation safety. The average UFO enthusiast, however, is hesitant to report to these official channels for a variety of reasons, one being doubts that the report will be taken seriously, and another being the closed nature of the report. Basically, if an investigation occurs, you aren't likely to know or hear anything about it. So then, that leads us to the more UFO-centric, unofficial venues. Past nighttime guest and friend of the show, Chris Rutkowski, leads a small but mighty group out of Manitoba called Ufology Research. Then, there's the Quebec UFO Association, which is the preference for many French-speaking witnesses. But then... There is the most well-known of the venues for UFO reporting and investigation, the Mutual UFO Network, more commonly known by their acronym MUFON. If you're unfamiliar with this group, I'll give you a bit of a crash course, but I won't go too in-depth as you'll hear a lot more about MUFON in the next UFOs Above Canada episode. MUFON is one of the world's oldest and largest civilian-based UFO investigative organizations. When MUFON receives a UFO report, which mainly comes via their home base at MUFON.com, the reports are subject to some sort of vetting, and if MUFON feels it's warranted, they assign the case to one of their trained field investigators for further review. Although the group is likely the most well-known and most active UFO investigative groups, they're certainly not without controversy. In terms of UFO research, The organization has been criticized for entertaining pseudoscience and their critics say its investigators often fail to apply the scientific method. But much more seriously, however, are the serious allegations that MUFON faced concerning the alleged far-right viewpoints of some of its senior members. Getting into that topic is well beyond the scope of this episode, but if you're interested in learning more, you can seek out the 2018 article published in Newsweek magazine that stunned the UFO community and led to widespread boycotts of MUFON. Now, moving on from that, when deciding with whom to file my son's UFO report, I considered my friendship with MUFON Canada's assistant director, Stu Bundy. But more so, I considered my goal in providing a broad overview of the UFO reporting process, and with such a large percentage of Canadian UFO reports being received through MUFON, I decided it would be best to report my son's event to them. So now getting back to the actual reporting. The actual process of filing the report was quite simple, really. Basically, I went to MUFON.com and clicked the link to report a UFO. From there, I was face-to-face with the questionnaire that MUFON uses to collect the sighting's basic details. This was done primarily via a series of boxes to check and drop-down menus to organize. Now, The questionnaire was nothing complicated. It started by collecting some basic personal and contact info on myself, and then some details summarizing the event. Basically the time, date, location, and direction of the object. Next came a list of boxes to check and further describe what happened. Things like the shape, the color, the duration the object was visible. Unfortunately, I didn't need to check the boxes indicating that the sighting caused fatalities nor that reptilian life forms were seen, but regardless. In total, I spent about three minutes completing the questionnaire before I was able to click submit. Now, after reporting the event, I'm not sure what I expected to happen next, if anything. To be honest, a day or two after submitting it, I'd completely forgotten about it. At least until I received an unexpected email. To my surprise, while getting groceries, I felt my phone buzz in my pocket. When I looked to see what my phone was trying to tell me, I saw an email from a MUFON investigator, both introducing himself and asking some follow-up questions about the report I followed on behalf of Dominic. Over the course of a few days, the investigator Ryan and I emailed back and forth a few times with the aim of clarifying and elaborating on details of my son's report. Exactly where we were, what civic address were we near, where in the car was my son seated, was the window open or closed, could my son draw a picture of the object he viewed, Um, put a quarter in your hand and hold it at arm's length, was the object larger or smaller? In all honesty, I was really impressed by how seriously the investigator took the report and how he genuinely seemed interested in understanding what Dominic may have seen. And then, after about a week of communication, I received a sort of closing email in which the investigator presented his findings, deeming the object identified. The investigator, Ryan, was kind enough to send an audio clip of his findings so I could better share it with you.
2: Hey Jordan, uh, this is Ryan Stacey from MUFON Canada. I've uh, I finished investigating the setting you reported to us on your son's behalf, and uh, based on a variety of factors, the investigation has been closed as identified. In this report, your, your son explained uh, he viewed a spherical object, moon-like I suppose, uh, in a northern uh, direction uh, above Halifax. Uh, According to Solarium, which is a planetary software that I use, uh, the northern skies were clear at the time of the sighting. However, there was an artificial satellite descending beyond that horizon. So, and the total time from 5.30 when your son saw the object was about two minutes, so it fits. Um, But, much like you, I do not doubt your son saw what he claimed to have seen. Like I, I believe that he saw something. However, it is difficult to accept a testimony of this sort because you, your son's very young. And uh, I can't take that as 100% accurate. However, I don't doubt him. Um, in either case, uh, we don't have a drawing or a photograph, so I don't have any other evidence to go on. Um, so the only evidence I have to support in the sky at this time is that satellite that shows on Stellarium. Because it's in the northern sky, it's at the same time, the same date that you reported. So there's, there's an awful lot of coincidences there. So, basically, for those reasons, I'm closing your son's report as identified as the evidence, uh, although circumstantial, suggests to me um, that it's a natural occurrence. But, furthermore, although satellites are intended to be fixed, um, are intended to be on fixed axes, it's very possible for it to wobble. So if we need other information, please uh, don't be afraid to reach out to me. Have a good day. Bye.
0: Now to recap his findings, as he just explained, his research indicated a satellite would have been visible just briefly in the sky in the direction my son was viewing. Mufan's investigator believed the light of the setting sun may have briefly interacted with the satellite, presenting itself as an anomalous object that just happened to catch my boy's eye. In the end, I accepted his findings, but more than that, I'm impressed by the care given to investigate. Now I did my best to explain the findings to Dominic, and as a result, he now knows a lot more about satellites, the sky, light reflection, and sadly, he's back to thinking UFOs are the stuff of imagination. Dominic, we heard back from the UFO investigator, and, and here's what they said. He looked to see where the satellites and airplanes would be. And right where you were looking, there was a satellite there, for just a couple minutes, way out in space. But the light from the sun bounced off the light from the satellite and bounced into your eye, so it looked weird. Do you think that that's right?
1: Maybe, I don't know, I think it might be. But it looked just like a moon, and I'd like those say poles. That's what it looked like.
0: You think maybe it wasn't a satellite?
1: I don't know. It kinda feels like it wasn't UFO.
0: You think it may have been?
1: I don't know, but maybe it might be. I don't think UFOs are real, Daddy. So I just wanna tell you, if you never seen a UFO, say they I never will.
0: Okay, so it, when, when we first talked, you had said, I believe in them. Do you think your mind has changed? Yeah. Then what do you think you saw in the sky that day if it wasn't a UFO?
1: Maybe he was white.
0: Maybe th- it was a satellite?
1: Yeah, I think, but it looked like the moon.
0: So something weird happened all day. Right? Now, I know that sharing my son's UFO incident was a bit lighthearted, but I felt our experiences with this event would serve as a welcoming introduction to the fascinating world of civilian UFO reporting and investigation. Perhaps one of you listening to this will see something today and file a report. Or perhaps so many of you will file reports that Canada will see a statistically significant increase in reports after the release of this episode. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, actually, that's my goal. I'd like the listeners of this show to make my efforts worthwhile by taking the time to file a report next time you see something strange in the sky. At worst, it'll be an interesting experience for you. And at best, who knows? Anything can happen in the strange world of UFOs. And with that, we'll end this episode of Nighttime. I want to thank the team at MUFON Canada for handling my son Dominic's UFO event with such care and interest. We both enjoy the experience immensely. For anyone listening that's interested in learning more about MUFON, you can find them at MUFON.com. As well, in the next episode of Nighttime's UFOs Above Canada series, I'll introduce you to my friend Stu Bundy, the Assistant Director of MUFON Canada. He'll tell you all about the group and let you know why your reports are so important to them. And for those of you listening, if you'd like to hear more from Nighttime, please check out the Nighttime patron group for a dollar a month you can support the show and access the supporter exclusive feed which provides ad-free early releases of episodes in addition to prior episodes no longer available on the main feed. You can join by visiting patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. Now I'd like to thank the current members of the patron group and welcome the newest members to the group. Rita, Sam, Genevieve, I sincerely appreciate your support of Nighttime and thank you for becoming a patron last month. For anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't help financially, you can give me a big hand by telling your friends about the show and leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or whichever equivalent you use. If any of you listening want to stay up to date with my activities both on and off the show, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I use the handle at NighttimePod. And if any of you have any story ideas or some feedback on the show, I'd love to hear from you at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, keep looking around and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Anything you want to say to the people?
1: Nope, that's everything. That's all the questions I have to answer. You have the best thing ever, Daddy.
0: What, this recorder?
1: Yeah, this is a cool recorder. I don't do things.
0: The microphones? Yeah. Do you want to do a little song or
1: something? No, I'm okay.